Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. I want to start by apologizing to those of you that came at a different time or were scheduled to come on Monday. Um, that was actually my fault. I was sick, um, and uh, there was no way I was going to be on stage on Monday. So thank you so much for making it work this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Um, we're going to talk about the voice-enabled workplace. And everything, um, as far as I'm concerned and my health is concerned, has recovered, except for my voice, which is definitely ironic. Uh, but. For a long time now, we've thought that voice is the most natural way for us to communicate with technology. It's certainly the way that we communicate with each other. It's the way that we've been communicating with each other since we were children. It allows us to convey uh, emotion and context and subtlety in a way that is uh, very different than anything that we can use with the way that we communicate with technology today on a screen or through a GUI. Um, and, and we started to see how that's changed the way that people use technology in the home quite a lot. And we're just starting to scratch the surface with how we think that it can change the way that we use it at work. Kids have been using uh, voice since they were born. This is my son. Uh, he's five now. When he was four, uh, we were in the car, we were driving up to the mountains, we were going skiing, and he was sitting in the back seat in his car seat, and I was playing the radio, and he says, uh, Daddy, how does the radio work? And I'm thinking, God, that's a hard question to explain to a four-year-old, but I, I started to try to explain, you know, FM radio waves, and he, no, 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 Daddy, how, how does it know what song to play? So, okay, the radio DJ, so there's a, there's, a, there's a person whose job it is to come up with playlists. No, 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 what's the radio's name? Why, it doesn't have a name. Why do you want to know the radio's name? Because I want to tell it to, to play a different song. That's, a, that's an absolutely true story about my four-year-old because he grew up from the day he was two. He was setting his own timeouts with timers, telling Alexa to set a timer for two minutes for how long he had to set it, stand in a corner. And, and kids are growing up with voice. This, they, we, they now expect to be able to talk to technology. Uh, for them, if, if you're not talking, if you're not able to talk to technology, it is completely broken. We've been using all sorts of different ways to communicate with technology. Um, from the days of punch cards and character modes, we've tried a bunch of different things. Uh, we, you know, each one of these, GUI, web, mobile, uh, all before voice, they've all been huge step function improvements in the way that we've used technology. And it's really hard to imagine life now uh, without our cell phones in our pockets. Some of you are using them right now. Um, they help keep us connected. We're connected with our colleagues. We're able to manage our schedules and our priorities. Uh, we're able to do all sorts of things while on the go that has really changed the way that we work. And none of this is news to you, and, and nor are the downsides to this. The, the downsides to this are that we are constantly glued to these screens. We are constantly looking at them, and we are constantly pulling them out of our pockets to find uh, the app for something. And voice offers a new way. Voice offers, a, 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 in many cases, a better way to interact. That doesn't mean that, that, the, that the visuals are going to go away, but there's some really compelling use cases for how voice can help technology disappear. And that's something that we've been thinking about a lot, the ability for us to interact with technology uh, in a much more natural, much more human way, the same way that we interact with, um, the same way that we interact with uh, each other. He's just telling me that I have a clicker which is very useful. Ultimately, we believe that voice represents the next major disruption in computing. We think it's going to change nearly every aspect of the way that we interact with technology. Uh, it's already happening in the home. Uh, it's already happening in the workplace. And we've got a lot of examples with customers that we'll talk about in a little bit. But voice actually isn't new. 
Uh, if you think about voice, it, it's been around for a while. We've used voice. Uh, we've used voice in lots of niche applications. We've used it on uh, remote controls from our cable company. We've used it in our car for our in-car navigation to control the phone. And we've used it uh, in phone trees. And in all three of these examples, um, you have to use very, you've had in the past to use very scripted commands, very rigid scripted commands to be able to control these systems. And they fell short of providing a human experience. Uh, they, you also had to press a button. You had to press a button to be able to initiate being able to speak to the device. The cloud changed some of that and it enabled big data and machine learning to be able to provide a much more natural way to interact with voice and be able to use human language uh, to talk to technology, not without the same scripted, the same scripted words, but instead uh, you, you would reach into your pocket and you could talk to your phone. But that was still not fully natural. What really ultimately changed uh, voice was the smart speaker. The invention of the smart speaker uh, changed the way that we could use our assistance to become a much more human interaction. And it started with the Amazon Echo, uh, the speaker that you put in your home and you can turn your head and you can ask to play music or set an alarm. And it's very natural. There's nothing more human than just turning your head and asking something and using language that is the same type of language that what you would use at home when you're talking to somebody else in your household. And very quickly that started to take off. It started to, to find, we started to find Alexa in different form factors and we, and we built SDKs to enable third parties to build Alexa into uh, all sorts of devices so that you see the Echo Show and the Echo Spot on the top left and the Echo Dot. And quickly you start to see Alexa and voice really anywhere. Anywhere that we are, anywhere that we move as we move throughout our day, uh, Alexa can be there. And Alexa can offer uh, an always ready assistant that can respond to queries whenever we have them. All again, sort of without having to reach into our pocket to push a button or having to, having to do anything other than speak out loud uh, and, get, and get the answers to our questions. Now, much like that smartphone that, you've, that you all have in your pockets and that you use for work, it started at the home. It started at home and it made the leap from home to work a few years later. And we view the, the, the same evolution uh, of voice happening uh, with Alexa. And we see, we see that exact same transition happening. It's already happening. Um, but the way we work is changing too. And, and the smartphone started that. We now work in sort of small micro increments. We work in constantly overlapping increments. We work when we're on the go, we work when we're in the car, we work when we're sitting on the couch at home. Uh, and having a voice assistant offers a better way to multitask. It offers a better way to do more things at once without losing focus. Uh, oftentimes we have a very important task in front of us that we're working on, but a thought about another project, another overlapping or competing priority pops into our head. And being able to use voice to address that and do something with it uh, is very powerful. And that's where we think that uh, Alexa as an assistant at work will really come in. Uh, and we think that it will, it will be so much more than what we've seen so far, uh, and that voice will ultimately uh, really permeate really small micro transactions for us throughout our day. But we actually we had to start somewhere. Uh, and we started in the meeting room. Uh, we, we, we decided to start uh, in a space where all of us have felt the pain of getting a meeting started with uh, being able to uh, 
get a TV turned on, enter in a, enter in a pin. Um, how many of us have uh, walked into a conference room and pulled out our phone and launched the calendar app and gone up to a touch screen and gone back and forth and, and done the whole uh, enter in the pin thing only to find out that you transposed two numbers and you gotta do it all over again? I see, I see lots of nodding heads because we've all felt that pain. And you know, that's where we decided to start because it felt really tangible. It felt like an area where voice could immediately start making an impact uh, in the way that we get work done. Uh, and meetings are a pain in general. It's not just starting meetings that's a pain. Uh, meeting rooms, uh, they start with scheduling. Scheduling a meeting is hard. Uh, if I say schedule a meeting with Mutu, how would it know who Mutu is? There's a lot of plumbing that has to come into figuring out which person in the organization you mean. Or maybe Mutu's a customer, and he's not even a person in the organization. It's somebody that's outside the organization. And so scheduling meetings is hard. Finding free time uh, amongst the, a group of people is very hard. Finding a place to meet. Uh, I, I don't know about you. How many of you have more than enough conference rooms in your office? maybe one person, <laughs> most of us do not have more than enough conference rooms. And being able to find a meeting room is actually uh, kind of a pain that a lot of us deal with, that voice assistants have an opportunity to help with. It's actually hard to start the meeting on time. That's where we started. We, we built the Alexa start the meeting capability. When you walk into a room, you can ask Alexa to start the meeting. And you don't need to worry about whether or not that room is a Zoom room or a Cisco room or uh, any other hardware manufacturer that has been installed in that room, simply using the universal input of voice, you can start that meeting, and it's really easy. You don't need to figure out where the touch screen is. Is it on the table? Is it mounted on the wall? Do you need the remote control? No matter what type of room it is, saying start the meeting just works. And, and you know, as companies grow, they oftentimes install new hardware. And at Amazon, we have we encounter lots of customers that are in exactly the same boat, where they have some rooms that with one set of configuration and another set of rooms with a different set of configuration. And that requires employees to sort of relearn or readjust as they move throughout their day. And every room is a little bit different. But voice provides sort of the universal input. You just say, start the meeting, and it works. And you shouldn't have to care what kind of room it is or how, or, or how it's been configured. Uh, and lots of customers have adopted this. We've, we've actually deployed um, Alexa to over 800 meetings, or 800 meeting rooms in, at Amazon, uh, and we start our meetings in an average of less than 10 seconds in, the, in those rooms. Uh, another super common use case is uh, the uh, usage of Alexa to cut tickets and to let IT and facilities know when there's an issue. Uh, how many times have you been in a room where the, the projector is unplugged or uh, the, the, the HDMI adapter for your laptop is missing or there's something else that you need to get uh, IT's attention for? And yeah, there's a sign on the wall that tells you how to, to, to contact IT to let them know that there's something wrong. But that requires pulling out your laptop, logging in, going to some internal ticketing system, finding the right ticket, finding the right group to cut it against, and typing in a description, putting, figuring out what room you're in, and entering all that information. It's a lot of work, and it doesn't happen. And, and the customers we talk to, uh, the IT groups, say that they, that they know that these issues go unreported for a super long period of time. And they have someone ready to go fix them. They just don't even know about them, so they can't fix them. And if you can just say, Alexa, tell IT that this room needs attention, and Alexa comes back with a simple uh, ask uh, a question of give me a description of the problem. The, the projector's broken. Okay, I've cut a ticket. Now IT knows, and, and you never had to pull out your laptop. It's very, very simple. So really, really compelling things that uh, a voice can do for a conference room. 
Now with Alexa, all of those things can be done. You can, you can book meeting rooms, you can start meetings, uh, you can call, you can also call uh, address book contacts. We didn't, we didn't talk about that on the previous slide, but imagine walking into a conference room and being able to say, um, Alexa, uh, call Willie. And it would just call the person who's named Willie in your organization. Or you can use a first name and last name. Because not all meetings start with a bridge. So what we did with Alexa for Business is we built a feature that allows administrators to create a curated contact list for every conference room. So you can have this curated contact list that went, that's connected to a corporate directory or imported from a corporate directory uh, that allows people to be able to walk into a room and call an individual by a name. Uh, and we also just starting to scratch the surface with meeting room utilization stats. So a lot of customers are getting reports now for how their rooms are getting used. And so when I asked that question about how, who has too many conference rooms and nobody raised their hand, well, that's good information for facilities and IT to know about. How are rooms being used? How, how, do they need more rooms? Do they need more rooms with larger capacity or fewer rooms with larger capacity and more with less? And there's a lot of interesting things that uh, Alexa can start to report. Today it reports how, how Alexa is being used in the room. What are the most popular skills? What are the, how often are people joining meetings using Alexa versus using the in-room control? And we report these out on a weekly basis that customers can get, uh, and then they can visualize and import it into any of the most common visualization tools like QuickSight or Tableau or, or any other analytics tool out there. What we're finding is that uh, customers really love having Alexa in the meeting room, um, and sometimes they already have hardware that can be uh, potentially Alexa-enabled. So we announced that Polycom is going to be embedding Alexa into their Trio line of, of phones. There's actually, has anyone seen this out on the showroom floor? Nobody. So the, show, the showroom floor, uh, there's a demo of the Polycom and it shows you Alexa running on the phone itself. And the nice thing about this is that customers now, any customer who already has a Polycom phone with a simple software update can get Alexa in all of their conference rooms. And, and Polycom has done a lot of work to integrate with the Alexa for Business console so that all of their phones automatically show up as Alexa devices in the Alexa for Business console and vice versa. So that an IT administrator doesn't need to mess around with importing or re-importing or doing a bunch of work to configure everything. It's automatically set up. If they've already set up their Polycom phone, Alexa can automatically be set up as well. This makes it really easy for customers. And this is really just starting to scratch the surface. We're working with a lot of other hardware makers for conference room equipment and Alexa integration uh, that we think will make it a lot easier for customers to embed Alexa into the conference room uh, without necessarily having to even install new hardware. And in the same theory, in the same general vein, we, with working with partners, we've also worked with Joan and Robin for Alexa Book This Room. Uh, Joan and Robin both have really cool offerings that uh, help their customers manage their meeting rooms. And they do a bunch of really in-depth meeting room analytics. They do uh, occupancy. They also report uh, usage. They let you book a room, and they let you see the schedule of what that room is being used for. With our Alexa Book This Room capability, we have a first-party capability where if someone who's, who doesn't use these services wants to book a room, they can. Alexa is connected to the most common calendars like Exchange and Office 365 and Google. So if you walk into a room and you say, is this room free, she'll tell you yes or no, and she'll even tell you who has the room booked uh, if it's not free. 
Um, but we also have these partnerships with Joan and Robin, and our, our general philosophy is to make all of our capabilities open and extensible so that customers who already use these kinds of services can simply add an Alexa device to the room and be able to voice enable the existing services. Uh, and, and the way that uh, we, I met with the, the team at Joan recently and the way that they phrased it was, we love being on the outside of the conference room on our screen, and we love having you on the inside of the conference room with voice. And they felt like that that's a really compelling partnership for their customers. So we're really excited to, to be partnering with, with Joan and Robin, uh, but also customers are able to extend their own room booking systems. Uh, we have an internal system at Amazon that's uh, called Meetings. Uh, there was a talk about that earlier this week uh, from one of our, our, our IT managers who, who manages that system and how they voice-enabled meetings using the exact same API. Uh, so this, this flexibility in our APIs with Alexa really helps customers to be able to extend and, and sort of configure Alexa to work with their business. Now, we talked about a lot about meeting rooms. We really think that meeting rooms are just the start and the, the Alexa and voice are gonna be so much more. Um, but, and we're really moving super fast to that. We're moving fast towards that end. We had 28 feature launches in 2018. Uh, 2018 is not yet done, but that's, that's about one feature launch every 11 days. Uh, we've got a few more launches coming between now and the end of the year. Most of those feature launches can fall into one of two categories. Uh, there are the category of feature launches that make Alexa smarter. Things like room booking, which we've talked about. Things like smart scheduling. We haven't talked about that. It's not really in the conference room. It's more in the personal space. But imagine having an Alexa at your desk and being able to say, Alexa, schedule a meeting with JP. And Alexa is connected with my calendar and JP's calendar. It finds the first available free time and schedules it. It's super convenient. I use it all the time, and customers who are, who are connected uh, with Alexa for Business on the, for the enrolled users also use it to schedule meetings. And we see that getting smarter and smarter over time. Um, the ability to um, have a shared address book uh, and uh, the ability to join different types of meetings, like Hangouts meetings, that was a really top customer request as well. These are things that make Alexa smarter. And a lot of the team is really focused on making Alexa smarter. Uh, the other part of our team is really focused on making Alexa more manageable. So a lot of the features that you see on this list are things aimed at IT administrators and facilities managers uh, who have to control and manage and deploy Alexa around their organizations. Uh, and so things like uh, WPA2 uh, Wi-Fi certificate-based support so that you can connect an Echo device uh, to an encrypted network that's encrypted with a certificate as opposed to with a password. We built that out, uh, and that was a big deal for a lot of our customers. Uh, a lot of our customers don't have other networks that they could use. A lot, of customer, a lot of customers have only one network on their campus, and they didn't have a choice as to which, which network they would connect it to. Um, it's worth noting that Alexa doesn't do any communication on the local network. It does all of its communication through the cloud. So you could connect it to a wide open guest network, and it would still be able to work, including controlling meeting rooms and things like that. But uh, the, the, the real issue was this quite simple fact that many, many customers only have one network, and that one network is certificate-based. So it was easier for them to be able to configure it this way rather than having to go stand up a whole new network. All of these features are really aimed at building a bigger vision towards where we think Alexa is going to go. And we think ultimately uh, there will be two primary dimensions to this. The first one is going to be Alexa in communal spaces and helping to enable Alexa uh, amongst all of the tens of millions of users who already have Alexa at home. There's, there's tens of millions of users who have Alexa at home who 
who also likely have jobs that could benefit from being able to use Alexa the same way they benefit from being able to use their smartphones. And uh, I'm going to highlight some of these use cases with customers that we've already uh, been doing some deployments with. Condé Nast was one of the first customers to deploy Alexa to all of their meeting rooms. Um, I went out to their uh, offices in the World Trade Center. They have a beautiful office space in the World Trade Center, and we installed Alexa into their Zoom rooms. Now, they love their Zoom rooms, and they use them all the time, but they weren't voice-enabled. And we worked closely with Zoom, and we installed Echo Dots in all of their Zoom rooms so that they can walk into the room and say, Alexa, start the meeting. And we, and we did a lot of work in partnership with Zoom so that it, use, it utilizes not just our connections to the calendar, but also Zoom's scheduling system. So for those of you who are familiar with Zoom, they have an iPad that controls the room, and that iPad that controls the room is, uh, it shows the schedule for what the meetings is and, or, or that are supposed to be happening in a given hour. And Alexa communicates with that system and then affects the start of the meeting. Uh, what's really interesting about this use case, though, is uh, while we were out there installing the conference rooms, I got the opportunity to tour their building. And they have some amazing spaces. They have some really cool spaces, as you might imagine. They have, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a Vogue space. There's a Bon Appetit kitchen. Uh, there's a gallery of all these New Yorker magazines, these, these you know, decades worth of really cool magazine covers that you can walk through. And they're really neat spaces. And uh, they quickly started brainstorming about ideas that they could use Alexa for in these spaces. And we found that to be a really common theme. We found that, that once people get started with voice, once they put voice in one place in the workplace, they start to think about two or three or four other ones. And it's really exciting to see. And, and we, we've seen the same thing in our own experience. But once you start, uh, once you, when you're looking for a way to get started with voice, I think it's mostly important for you to pick one and deploy that one and get it done and be able to start interacting with it and learning. And that's much like the same the way that we've uh, seen customers adopt the cloud in general at AWS. We've, you know, lots of large enterprises have looked at moving workloads from or moving their entire sets of infrastructure from an on-prem set of workloads to the cloud. And that's a very daunting task. It, it seems like it's a very large task. But what we recommend is start and, and move that ball forward. Pick workloads that make sense and move that ball forward. The same thing is true in voice. And, and picking one, and Condé Nast picked the meeting rooms, uh, it really helped them to unlock other ones. Propel is another one that started in the meeting rooms. Nancy, uh, the CIO at Propel, is a really big thinker, and she had a lot of really big ideas. Um, and she came to our first meeting, and she had uh, three or four things that she wanted to go build. Um, we worked with her to start in the meeting room uh, as, as a starting point. Again, they're also a Zoom customer. They're based in the Northwest. Um, and we deployed Alexa to all of their conference rooms. Um, they're now doing uh, a couple other interesting things. They were an early room booking pilot. Uh, they also are using a service now skill to, to cut tickets uh, in, in, their, in their conference rooms uh, that we helped them with. And they love having uh, Alexa in their conference rooms. They're now thinking about ways that they can enable their uh, sales force. Uh, so their sales force is oftentimes on the road, and they're thinking about interesting things that they can do with their sales force on the road. Um, and so another element to a company that is thinking about adopting voice, in addition to picking a place to start, is also getting that leadership buy-in and getting, getting uh, the people like you in this room to, uh, to commit, buy into the vision, pick a spot, and drive forward. And it's, it's new technology, uh, and sometimes it can uh, be hard to figure out where to start. And that's why we've, that's why we've picked a couple to help start, and I'm going to highlight a few more. 
Fender also started in the conference room, which is, pretty, which is um, a, a really cool brand. They make guitars, they started in the conference room. They do a lot of instant meetings, so they don't oftentimes schedule meetings. They walk into conference rooms and they um, ask who has this room, they book the room on the fly, and then they dial into a meeting asking Alexa. A very different use case. M many companies start with uh, um, rooms already being booked and they walk into the room and the, the meeting is already scheduled. In Fender's case, they use impromptu meetings and we did some work with them to be able to support the ability to join impromptu meetings. Valance is a really interesting company, a completely different use case, not at all uh, meeting rooms based. Uh, they built a bot that answers common questions around the office. And I'd say this is probably the second most common starting point for companies. Uh, lots of times companies want to build bots or voice UIs to be able to answer the most common questions that their workers have. Uh, many of us have had um, the, 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 the problem of searching across a corporate wiki or cor corporate intranet to find the answer to some question. And it's not easy always to find the right answers. Uh, if you could just simply ask Alexa, what's the guest Wi-Fi password? By the way, you have to be on the Wi-Fi to be able to get to that answer to that question. So Alexa is a great solution to some of these most basic questions. Valence built a really cool bot that not only works with Alexa, but works with other bot systems. Uh, and that helps them to be able to answer uh, common questions around the office. It's great for new employee onboarding. It's also great for... Um, uh, it's also great for just the questions that are not super frequently asked, but when you want the answer, you don't want to have to go searching for it. And they're getting really good feedback from their employees. Their employees love it. Their employees use it, uh, not just in Alexa, but in other platforms as well. And it's a, it's a good demonstration of where voice and conversational AI can fit really well together. As you think about um, conversational AI being more multimodal and the ability for you to be able to use uh, text and other forms of interaction, uh, that that because that, sometimes you don't want to speak out loud, uh, the, the ability to be able to share a lot of the technology to build those bots is really powerful. Core Digital also started uh, in a different place than meeting rooms. Core Digital started with a KPI skill, and Willie's in the audience somewhere. Um, Willie and I had a conversation the other day where he was talking about how important um, data is to their business and how fundamental it is to the way that they do things and, and anything that they can do to be able to get access to data and KPIs in an easier fashion is invaluable to them. Uh, and they worked with a partner to build a skill uh, that uh, helps their employees get KPI data for the projects that they're working on. Uh, and it's a really, really cool skill. They're now thinking about meeting rooms. So it's another example of uh, once you start to think about voice in the workplace, you, you, and you start with one, other ideas tend to crop up. Now, Alexa's not just for office workers. When we initially conceived of Alexa for business, we, 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 we knew that Alexa was gonna change the way that people got work done across a whole wide range of different types of jobs. We chose to start in the meeting room because we felt like it was a good common ground for many, many different kinds of workers. Um, but we found that there's some really cool use cases that customers have dreamt up on their own outside the normal confines of what we think of as a typical office space. Uh, GE is one of them. 
GE has warehouses in the Northeast where they've, uh, they have these tool cribs. And the tool cribs are, um, they're indexed with four inch thick three ring binders that are printed out every week that an employee who's working in the warehouse has to go search through in order to find a part. And these big tool cribs, there's tens of thousands of parts inside these tool cribs. And they, they, they told us that they had to reprint those binders every single week because inventory changed so often. And it was a, it was a very, very clunky old school manual process that, that took them a lot of time. And if the manager who managed the tool crib wasn't there, if he was out on break or he was out on lunch, the person who was looking for the part it could easily take them an hour or more to find the part because it was very, very hard to search and figure out how to search. With voice and AI and natural language, they're able to search just by asking Alexa. They ported their, um, their parts list to a database, they connected Alexa to that, and now anyone can walk up to the Echo device outside the tool crib and say, Alexa, where are the air filters? And they're told exactly what aisle, uh, what row, and what bin number they'll find, the, they'll find the air filters. And it doesn't matter whether that book would have sorted air filters by air filter or filter comma air, or however it might have been sorted, you don't have to spend any time searching for it. AI and voice allow you to find that a lot easier. Uh, so it's a really cool use case um, that was dreamt up entirely by the customer. Uh, and it's, it's a testament to the extensibility of Alexa and, and, and how the private skill capability in Alexa for Business that lets you build a skill and deploy it uh, to only your organization or only your devices unlocks a whole new set of creative thinking around how you might use voice in the workplace. Express trucking is another one that's definitely outside the confines of the office. It's out on the open road. Express trucking is a, is a, is a shipping company uh, and they've built or are working on an Alexa skill for their drivers. Um, how many of you saw the Echo Auto announcement a couple weeks ago? It's a, it's, a, it's a device that I'm personally really excited about for myself, but also for customers. We've heard loud and clear from lots of customers that the ability to put an Echo Auto in the car uh, is something that they're really excited about. We'll talk about it in a little bit more in detail, but the, the, uh, the commuter, the uh, person who's a traveling salesperson who's always on the road doing customer calls, uh, and the truck driver, all are great examples of use cases of, of, of personas that can benefit from being able to have voice uh, where, where they are working. Uh, Express Trucking is really excited about being able to com communicate safety updates, let a driver know when they're out of compliance, be able to communicate with their drivers and their fleet all using Alexa. Now we also have partners. MicroStrategy is a partner that helped actually Core Digital build the skill that I talked about. And they're building an entire practice around helping customers build skills for Alexa for Business. Uh, and they've got a number of other examples. They just did a press release for another one that they did for a brewery. They've done some very cool skills. And so in addition to picking out a starting point, uh, it's also important to consider how you're going to build a skill. How are, are you going to have your own engineers build it? Are you going to rely on a partner? Uh, we have a lot of good options for you. MicroStrategy is one good option, uh, but if you, if you contact us, we can help you get started uh, either through ProServe or through a partner uh, and, and, and figure out what skill you'd like to build uh, in order to get started. And they've done some really cool work and they've really built out an expertise in, in, in skill building, which is it's, it's a little bit of an art. Building a VUI is something that is new for many people. Where does this all go? 
And this is, really, this is really the question that we've been asking ourselves a lot. And our thinking has evolved here quite a lot over the last year. We've learned a lot. And we've learned a lot about voice. I think when we started, we, thought, we always thought voice was going to be something really big. We thought that voice was going to be transformative for the workplace. But we didn't really know how. And we were learning, we're learning as we go. And we're still learning. Um, but what we've seen is we've seen tens of millions of users uh, and many millions of customers who have more than one Alexa device. There's now hundreds of thousands of developers who have built more than 50,000 skills and put them on the skill store. And, and, and the skill engagement is going up. 75, it's gone up 75% uh, in 2017. And that's really, really important because it's a signal that the third party skill developer community is learning how to build skills that are engaging and learning how to build voice experiences that people want to use. And we ultimately see the same thing happening in the workplace. When we think about the way that our work is changing and we think about all of our jobs, we all have sort of these, this common baseline set of tasks. We have calendaring and scheduling. We have meetings. We have, we have to-do lists. These are very generic things that most of us have regardless of what our job is. Uh, but if you're in finance, or if you're in HR, or if you are in legal, or if you're an engineer or a project manager, you also use some set of tools to do your job. And you use those tools constantly throughout the day. And as those tools become more and more voice integrated, that's when the assistant will really be able to help us. And it'll be able to connect dots across those systems. And as we start to apply AI and learning and predictive analytics and the ability to spot trends and patterns across these different systems and be able to tell us as workers the things that we need to know, then that's when Alexa will really be uh, that, that useful assistant that, that, that is there for us throughout the day. Where we really ultimately see this going is we see Alexa being with us from the start of our day all the way till the time when we shut down at night. So Alexa, what's on my calendar? Alexa, play my flash briefing. What's on my calendar today? It tells me what's on my calendar quite literally from the first appointment to the last. In the future, it might tell us what uh, is important on my calendar. It might tell me about the customer that I'm about to meet. I might be able to ask uh, about the meeting that I'm heading to later on that day and learn about the last time I met with that customer. My flash briefing, we've had a number of customers do this where they're able to play a flash briefing that's a private flash briefing that includes corporate news. So think about um, if you have a, a daily communication or a weekly communication to your, all of your employees or even a small group uh, stand-up where you report out status. Uh, flash briefings can be made private now, and so I can wake up in the morning and say, play my flash briefing, and I can get my, my regular news, my weather, my traffic, my sports news, and then my internal work news all sort of interleaved together uh, to really help you get your day started as part of, as part of uh, being able to use that assistant uh, in the, as part of the morning routine. And you're on the road. We talk a little bit about the Echo Auto. This is a picture of the Echo Auto. Uh, Alexa joined the meeting from the road is a super powerful use case. I think we've, we've all risked probably more than we would like to by trying to pull out our phone and launch a calendar and figure out what meeting to join uh, while driving. And being able to say, Alexa, start the meeting. Uh, and, it, and in this scenario, on a, on a personal device, it's not connected to the calendar in the conference room. It's connected to the calendar in your pocket or the calendar that is your personal calendar. And it's able to join the meeting that's on your calendar and save you the headache of trying to figure out how to do that while you're on the road. 
Uh, tell, the, tell me about the customer I'm meeting. This is a great example of just one of those systems. Imagine being connected to a CRM system like Salesforce. Tact.ai is a partner of Alexa for Business that has built a skill that allows for you to do this exact type of query. It'll tell you about the customer meeting that's coming up. Um, and in the future, they see themselves being able to tell you uh, recommendations like, uh, while you're in the neighborhood, there's another customer that you haven't visited yet, and they're close by. Do you want to call them and see if they're available for a quick visit? And, th and this is an example of Alexa becoming a proactive assistant that can help you uh, to, to think of things before you even knew you, need to, you needed to know them. Alexa at your desk. Once you arrive to work after your commute, an Alexa, an Echo Show on your desk makes for a very powerful desk phone. Many customers use this, uh, and they tell, they tell me all kinds of anecdotes. Um, the, the ability to do video calling one-on-one -on -one, uh, from your desk with this as a second screen is very powerful. Uh, I've had customers tell me that they prefer to use an Echo Show on their desk as their phone when they're doing one-on-one -on -one calls with remote uh, colleagues because it's a more focused environment. It's a 10-inch it's a, it's a screen. You can look at that screen. There's nothing else on the screen but the face of the other person. Soft phones are great. Uh, desk phones don't offer video, uh, but soft phones also sit on your same laptop that's vying for your attention with a bunch of other things. It's popping up for email, it's sending you chat notifications, it's distracting you from the call, and it's very easy to fall into the trap of reading your email and just kind of nodding and smiling when you're on a, when you're on a call. Uh, with a, with a, a screen that's dedicated for making calls on your desk as a personal device, it's a very, very compelling communications device. And we see that going even further. We see that being a, a real hub for communication for people at work. Cancel my two o'clock meeting throughout the day. We can check on our, our schedule. We can check on our priorities. We can check on our to-do lists. Uh, we can find a, a nearby conference room. So find me a conference room when you need to meet impromptu. Uh, there's lots of different use cases for where Alexa can become an assistant for you when you're at your desk. I think the, to, to kind of start to sum it up, there's an analogy that we've come to use a lot. Uh, there's, uh, who's heard of tie a string around your finger? It's an, it's an old colloquialism. Uh, in, in England, they would say it is something like to tie a knot in one's handkerchief. But the, the idea is uh, when you have to remember something that's relatively benign, tie a string around your finger, and whenever you see that string tied around your finger, you'll remember it, and because that is unusual and not benign. And you know, throughout the day when we're working, we always think of these things. We have these thoughts. We have these occurrences that pop into our head. And, and it's not always easy to capture them. Sometimes we're on the road. Sometimes we're sitting on the couch. I, I'm sitting on the couch watching cartoons with my daughter in the morning. Uh, and something for work pops into my head. And I, I kind of have two choices. I can get up and I can walk across the room where my phone is plugged in and write it down. Or I can try to take a mental note and the odds of which me remembering are very low. Or I can ask Alexa to remember it. And it's a really useful thing for me be, to be able to ask Alexa uh, to remember it. But, but really, the real world doesn't work that way. This is what our jobs look like now. Our, our, like we're juggling so many things. Work, work is uh, multi-threaded in so many ways. And imagine having an assistant that provided almost perfect recall for us throughout the day. Not just perfect recall uh, for the things that we've asked it to remember, but perfect recall for the things that uh, it thinks that we need to know. Imagine 
wondering where did I, not having to wonder where did I have that conversation with my boss. Was it in Slack? Was it in Chime? Was it in my inbox? Was it over text message? Where did he send me the name of that person? And we've all done this where we've searched from one app to the other to find that one thing. Imagine a perfect recall that spanned all of the systems that we use throughout our day to be able to find information more easily, to be able to connect dots more easily throughout our day, to be able to be reminded of things that have or haven't occurred that are important to us, like we haven't contacted an important colleague or an important employee in a couple weeks and we should follow up with them. And this is where uh, Alexa and voice really have the potential to have, to have power and we're, we're working really hard to make this kind of thing a reality and we're really excited about it. Once we reach this kind of future, we, we think that this is the time where voice can really start to disappear or technology can really start to disappear. My voice is disappearing. Um, but voice, voice can help technology to fade into the background. And we're really excited about that potential. It's just the beginning. We really are just getting started. And uh, there, there's a lot of really good, strong customer use cases that you've already seen, and, and we're excited about what the year to come will bring. Um, if you'd like to know more, there are, there's plenty of time there are two talks happening at 4 o'clock over in the ARIA. Uh, they're much more hands-on. They're much more technical. Uh, and I think Willie is, are you in the audience somewhere, Willie? Really bright lights. There's, there's Willie. He raised his hand. He's going to be talking. Uh, he's from Core Digital. He's going to be working with, with the team uh, in one of those presentations. So if you, if you are interested in that, you can follow him back to that session. Uh, and then tomorrow, there's a workshop for how to build that private skill. So this is things like the Q&A skill that we mentioned or the Tableau skill. Um, and we'd love to have you at, all, at, at, at these sessions where you could learn more. Um, with that, I'm going to break. I can take a few questions before my voice completely fades, uh, but, but thank you very much. Yeah, go ahead. Congratulations. Yeah. So, for example, you put Alexa in a conference room mm -hmm. and you say, start my meeting. These meetings are going to start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, what's on my calendar? What room was I in? Who did that Alexa belong? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you how we think about that. Yeah. Um, so the question was, the question was, uh, how do we think about sort of communal spaces being anonymous and not personal, whereas the power of Alexa really is in the fact that it is so personal. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. Today we think about, we do sort of divide the world into two. We think about communal spaces, we call them shared spaces or rooms in the Alexa for Business console, uh, as being anonymous. Uh, we think about hotel rooms as the same thing today. Um, and, and then the enrolled user model or the devices that you have at home, the, the, the Echo Auto that you put in your car or the one that's in your office, those are very personal. They're tied to you and they're tied to your personal calendar. Um, over time, I think those lines will blur. Uh, there, 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 there are things that uh, we would envision a smart assistant being able to know about individuals in, in, in communal spaces. But today, the, in, in the, your specific example was when you say start the meeting, how does it know who's meeting to start? The way that it works is it's, it's linked to the room's calendar. So the, typically, you would book a conference room 
and that conference room is booked, and that conference room is booked with a meeting. So when you say start a meeting, it starts, it look, we, we look at the calendar through Office 365 or Google, and we figure out what the meeting is supposed to be occurring in that room is, and that's the meeting that we start. Alexa does prompt, do you want to join the meeting hosted by Colin Davis? And if you say no, then Alexa will say, what's the meeting ID of the meeting you want to join? And you can speak a meeting ID. And that's still much easier, even if you have to pull out your phone and read that meeting ID, that's still a heck of a lot easier than having to kind of go back and forth uh, on the, on the, between the, the, and transpose. Uh, but that's the first step. Then we do view these as communal spaces. I think the, the context for most Alexa interactions is you as a, as a person. Uh, that's the context for most inter Alexa interactions that you're familiar with at home. Uh, some of them are your house, in the case of the smart home or smart, smart lighting. Um, in, the, in a conference room or in another shared space that's communal, the context really does surround the room. And the room is really the key for, for, for uh, what we key off of for now. Yeah, in the back. Uh, sorry, I didn't join the Not at all. We have mics. Can you, can you give me an example to clarify the question? You said the boss shared a number with you. If I ask Alexa, what's this person's? Oh, got it. So we're building a bunch of different connectors into different systems and, th and third-party developers. As you think about the way the third-party developers are building more logic to voice-enable their services, uh, we see ISVs already thinking about how they can voice enable their services with Alexa, and it would require partnership with those to, to feed that information in for sure. Uh, there's, there's no question about it. I think it's really more around how, how do you think about where the world is going in terms of being able to use voice to ask a question and get the answer back uh, is much easier than pulling out your phone and finding the right app or searching across a bunch of apps. Instead, you can search across a bunch of apps at the same time through the same query, and, and over time, as these systems become more and more connected with Alexa and with the, with the services, then, then that reality will become true. But today, that, that stuff is not fed yet. Excuse me. Could I ask if you use mics in the aisleways for questions, please? Oh, there's Recording a mic right, right back behind you. Yes, a custom skill uh, for our executives. Um, it's a, a KPI skill. And you know we put them on all the um, hospital president's desks, um, and we uh, secured it with having to have a login credential and be part of an AD group, that kind of stuff. But once it's in their office, you know anybody that walks up to it can actually ask and talk to it. So is there any plan, or what's your recommendation for some level of you know uh, privacy that you can prevent somebody from accessing it that shouldn't, or is there some plan for that? Uh, yeah, there's a couple options today. Um, today you can use, in beta, you can use voice profiling. Uh, so you can, in your skill, you can check the voice profile of the individual and, and see if that voice profile matches the voice profile of the, the person who is intended to be using the skill. Now, by no means does that voice profile represent uh, authentication. It is, it is more for personalization type of use cases. Uh, it's, uh, you can lose your voice, and, and so, so the voice profile can, is, is not a perfect solution there. Uh, spoken pin is another common one. So depending on the KPI, and there's a couple different ways you can think about that. Uh, if I'm asking about a KPI that is not sensitive, and it's okay, you might not prompt for a pin. Um, if I ask for a KPI that is very sensitive, you might prompt for a pin. And then you might 
allow two or three more requests subsequently within a certain time period without prompting for a pin again. Uh, you can use that in conjunction with voice profiling to be able to do some of that. Um, I will say that the, you're not the first person to ask the question. It is an, it is an area that we think a lot about. Uh, voice profiling is really hard. Voice profiling within a household is really hard, but telling the difference between you know, a, a spouse yourself, your kids, and, and their voices is hard, but telling the difference between all of our voices in this room or all of the people in a given organization is really hard. Um, it's a problem that we're uh, thinking about, and it's definitely something that we think that over time we'll, we'll get better. Do you know if anybody's tied it in with like duos and factor or something like that where it could send you something where you could leave prompts on your phone? Enter something we have seen some examples of that. Um, of the, a word of caution, though, and the, the question was, is anyone using like a duo two-factor uh, where you get a, a prompt on your phone? We have seen some examples of that. Um, the, the, the problem that we've seen, though, is that it adds a fair amount of friction, and it really takes away from the voice experience. The, the magic of that, that human voice experience is you can ask a question and get an answer. If, if the ask a question and the answer is, please reach into your pocket and get your phone out and type in a pin, it, it really loses that. And so, uh, it's, it's, it, it, again, it is a really subtle and hard problem. It's something that we're thinking about. Um, there's lots of options for different ones. The reality is where I usually try to steer customers when we, when we talk to them about this kind of problem is there's so many use cases that can use voice that don't have this bar and that can take advantage of voice in a way that is, that is actually really compelling and really changes the way that we get work done, but doesn't have all these hurdles. Uh, the technology is, is getting better every single day, and so these types of use cases will be enabled in the future, uh, but focusing on the use cases that don't run into some of these hurdles is probably what I would recommend right now. Yeah, in the back. Yeah, you can, and that's what I meant by voice pin, very similar. Yeah, so the question was, can you use a voice password? And, and yeah, we have seen some skill developers build voice passwords. Uh, they typically use pins. Uh, yeah. Can you, you shared a couple of the partners you're working with. Um, we're moving to a new headquarters in the Bay Area and uh, wanting to do some of this sort of stuff. We're looking at some uh, conference room automation and scheduling systems from Condeco and Signet. Are they partners that you're aware of? Or we, have worked, we have worked with them. You I think with them. what we could do is, um, if, if we get your card at the end, we can take a look at what your configuration is and just make sure that we think that that will be compatible. It's fairly universal, though. Our experience is that, for the most part, most conference rooms equipment can, can be made to work. Um, and so, but let, let's connect, okay. and we can, we can share the lessons that we've learned. Great. Yeah. This is a question from a different angle. Uh, on uh, Amazon.com, you've uh, started experimenting with advertising. And also, uh, as a user, you can even order stuff um, through Echo or Alexa. No. I guess uh, my question is, uh, what has been some of the insight and learnings you've been getting from this experiment? And also, for, for your business, Alexa for Business, is there any um, possibility of having ex extending the applications to possibly um, the marketing, advertising, or e-commerce industry. So is your, is your question specifically <coughs> about voice shopping? 
Yeah, and advertising a little because you're running advertising experiment on Alexa as yeah, well. Yeah, to be completely transparent, I, that is beyond my wheelhouse, but I can connect you with people that can probably help you answer that question. Okay. Uh, let's connect afterwards, and I'll get your contact information, okay. and great. yeah, I'd cool. be happy to help. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I mean, this is a exciting you know the, the scenarios in future if you look at uh, the industry and the possible use cases across the industries there are thousands of uh, you know them so what is uh, amazon team doing to uh, really verticalize the alexa skills for example teaching alexa a vocabulary, vocabulary for a particular you know industry or particular segment that's first part of the question second part of the question uh, when it comes to the intricate enterprise scenarios, right, where it's not just the one device, it could be, you know, the connected set of device, you know, across your enterprise that need to uh, work in you know, unison, right, to, you know, um, aid in the given business process, right? So is Amazon thinking of uh, putting an effort in specific verti vertical domains, right, to, you know, enable those skills or you are looking at the external partnership to be able to uh, do that? Uh, I'll answer your first question first. I think uh, you, you saw a little bit of that here at reInvent with the announcement for uh, the natural language processing for, of text for medical records and, and, and the ability to, uh, to understand that and, and, and draw in, um, inferences from that. So we're starting to get into sort of that vertical specialization with machine learning and artificial AI. Um, in terms of how we're approaching it, I think it's a little, the answer is really a mix. It's a little bit of both. There's scenarios where, uh, you know, we respond to customer feedback and, and many times customers would like to get us to build things that they don't find that they have solutions for. And in other scenarios, they have existing partners and existing uh, vendors that they work with that they would really like integrations with. And so with Alexa, we do a little bit of both. We sometimes build the capabilities ourselves for a specific use case. And in other scenarios, we will work with a partner. Um, a good example uh, in the hotel space is there's a partner named Valara. They have built uh, a, a really nice set of features for hotels to be able to deploy Alexa devices into hotel rooms. Um, and, and they really specialized in what are the room booking systems that most hotel rooms use? What are the room service systems that hotel rooms use? What are the, how would you request a late checkout? All of the different things that are in the plumbing behind the scenes at a hotel. Uh, there are, of course, software systems that connect all of this. And they went very deep into that, and they built an a set of Alexa skills and plumbing that does that work. Uh, and their customers are very happy with that. And so that's a good example of a partner that has really helped to refine a vertical solution. And I think we'll start to see more of that over time. Thank you. Uh, earlier in your presentation, you gave the example of walking into a conference room and saying, call Will or whoever else. In order to do that, does um, the Alexa dot leverage SIP technology or how does it do? Do you need another Echo device? Uh, today, so uh, Echoes can make PSTN phone calls. So for those of you that don't know, PSTN is just a public telephone network. It's at, and, and so an Echo device uh, is IP connected device. It's connected to the internet. It does use SIP out to the internet. And then we, we do something called SIP trunking, which can, which can make a PSTN phone call. And so when you're in a conference room and you say call 
so-and-so, it will call them through that mechanism, through the phone number that has been linked. Uh, in time, we see, the, we see there being more of a blend of, of Alexa to Alexa calls, especially at your desk. So if you have an Echo device at your desk, the other example I gave is using the Echo Show as a video conferencing endpoint. Um, very powerful use case. And if in, that, if in that scenario I say call Will, and Will is one of my contacts, and he has an Alexa device, and it's registered, and it's a video device, it will connect us that way. Uh, if, it, if, if he's not an Alexa user, or if I don't know about his Alexa information, his email address or his Alexa account information, then um, it will make a phone call to him. And so okay. it'll have fallbacks and we build in smarts. And over time, that, that will become more robust. So is there any like additional fees that Amazon charges for like SIP trunking and that kind of? No, that's included with Alexa. Okay. Yeah. All right, thanks. You may have seen a couple of weeks ago the Skype calling announcement with Alexa. So you can now make Skype video and audio calls on, on Alexa. So it's a very similar story. And, and, and you can imagine being able to it, ultimately, when I say call somebody, I don't want to think about how I call them. I just want to get in touch with them. Hi, quick question for you, especially regarding the meetings and um, being more efficient in our meetings and the way we do those. Um, do you see an Alexa Enterprise app as opposed to the personal apps that we're using that then, so when you get return card values for URLs and those type of things after asking for things that are queried, that those with that enterprise app who were logged in would somehow be able to access that? And also being able to connect via the Bluetooth or whatever, just like you would on a personal device to yeah. that to display it up and project what's going on in that way just to have a more seamless integration in a conference setting. Yeah, so that, and, and, and also just leveraging the multimodal, I do want to really say that. I know this is voice first and we always you know, speak to that first, but I think in this um, segment of business, using the multimodal and to um, the gentleman's point about using pins and such, that would be such an easy thing to do um, with the show in the room as well is to, to, if I personally have a pin and just ask, just like a password at work, right? Reset your pin every 30 days, 90 days, and then yeah. you have a personal pin to log in. If you could just speak to that, thank yeah. you. So we're big believers in multimodal, kind of work, working backwards from your questions. Um, <clears throat> we think multimodal will become bigger over time. I think that the idea of a, of a screen on your desk that provides and surfaces information to you and allows for you to interact, um, an assistant that is proactive in the way it alerts you, and maybe it actually uses your phone to alert you of things like that. That makes sense. Um, so we're, we're big believers in multimodal over time with assistants. Um, and so voice, voice first for sure, but we definitely don't think voice replaces screens. And we don't think voice is, it gets rid of screen-based UI. There is a time and a place for visual, and, but there are things where we think that voice uh, where it just makes sense. There's other times when I'm in a meeting and I don't want to speak my question out loud. I would like to be able to use some other mechanism to communicate. Um, with regards to whether or not we thought about an Alexa for Business specific app, um, not really. Part of, the, part of the way that we think about Alexa today and the reason why we have the enrolled user model is because uh, we believe that in order to sort of achieve that vision of being able to wake up in the morning and use Alexa and then get in your car and then go to work and have Alexa be there for you anywhere you are, uh, we want to be able to create a world where Alexa, much like the phone in your pocket, much like me, I am a, I am a professional, I have a family, I have different personas, uh, those personas don't necessarily, uh, those personas 
uh, should follow me with the devices that I'm using. And so we think about Alexa kind of doing the same thing. Uh, there are certainly scenarios though where, uh, like in a conference room, where the, where the interaction isn't something that will show up in my mobile phone in the way that it will with the Alexa app. Totally makes sense, and so there's, and you, you may not want your personal calendar rotating through the screen in your office, and so those types of things over time, you'll be able to configure what shows you'll be able to have a work, work and, and and that's definitely something that we think a lot about. Um, one example of what we've already done is in conference rooms. Those are those are the anonymous devices, and when you walk into a conference room and you ask something of Alexa, uh, there's nowhere that that what you ask can be seen. So even central administrators can't see what was asked in that room. The console doesn't allow them to see it. Uh, there is no mobile app account that's registered to it, so you can't go look at all the history of what was said. Um, the administrator can choose to delete it, but they can't see it. So it's a blanket delete everything or nothing, but they don't have the ability to kind of comb through and see what was said in that conference room. And that's a start of, to try to solve exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I was thinking about the uh, authentication. So instead of using PN, is there any plan to either use NFC or Bluetooth so when you have that device with you that in the proximity that authenticate who you are? You're not the first person to ask that. <laughs> but I can't, I can't talk about where, where we are, what we are or aren't working on. So we've got time for one more if there's any other questions. Well, again, thank you, everyone, so much. I appreciate you being here.